0: to the Barry Centrals. On today's show, we discuss our under-the-radar players to watch during training camp and much, much more. Hey, dub what's a good word, my guy?
1: Man, your boy, Dub, over here still tired from past this past weekend, man. <laughs>
0: yeah, you ain't never lied, man. I'm in that same boat with you. And the audience, any of you guys that are from Chicagoland area, you know, the WNBA All-Star game has come and gone. Me and your boy A-Dub was out there all weekend, just taking it at the scene in that environment. It was such a good time, but you ain't lying, A-Dub. That shit wore my ass out, too.
1: Hey, man, we put a lot of work in, prayers. I ain't going to lie to you, man. And, um, it was great. The whole scenery, the players were awesome. It was just a good vibe, brother.
0: And just on top of that, I mean, it just goes to show you how first-rate a city Chicago is. I know Chicago gets a lot of negative attention, A-Dub, for a lot of the negative things that go on in the city. But I think that there was a lot of players that we talked to, and they were like, man, we love it here. We didn't realize Chicago was such a good time. I'm like, yeah, I say, like, summertime Chicago is where it's at.
1: Man, it's just a good vibe in Chicago in the summertime, man. So I would tell anybody, if you ever been to Chicago in the summertime, it's must-see.
0: And I really loved the, when we went up to the view, the rooftop bar, they had a, the immediate happy hour for us. And that was dope, being all the way up at the top of the city, getting to see those views of the lake. I mean, Man, I'm telling you, man, I love this city. Your boy, Prayers, he, he hit Chicago into the day he died. I'm not leaving this place because I'm telling you, man, I've traveled all over the world. But there's still times that I walk around this city, bro, and I'm in awe. Just a beautiful city, man. I just wish that things didn't happen so fucked up here at times. But, man, I love this city.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, prayers. That's well said, bro, because I do love this city too, man. And like you said, the buildings that are out here, culture, you, you talk to different people, the food. I mean, it's, oh. it's, it's a good vibes, man. Cause I know I ate very well this past weekend, and I'm like, man, <laughs> I, I just get a, i get a joy out of it, right
0: And the nightlife, cause we got a little bit of that in the mix. Chance the rapper, the concert. I mean, come on, man. You think he's a hometown kid coming out there representing the W? That was dope. I mean, we didn't have to pay nothing, bro. I mean, that's the thing, man. All that shit was free for us.
1: Great time. And good job, Chance Rapper, like Perez saying. You, you did a dope job there, man, with that concert. So I love it. You came out. You put it on for the city.
0: Well, speaking of the city, A-Dub, let's just get into it. So it looks like the city of Chicago is trying to dial up their efforts to keep uh, the Bears in the city of Chicago, A-Dub. What do you think there? Because I'm seeing that with Lori like, hey, if y'all want a
1: dome, y'all can get a dome. Hey, hey look, the Bears, for uh, front office, like, you know what, ownership, like, look, we, we've been out on this road with you guys already. Our mindset is on Arlington Heights Park, you know. Uh, we're looking to move forward at the Arlington. Not quite thinking about Soldier Field. They know this contract is coming to an end, and they're looking to move forward, man. That's where their mindset is at.
0: Well, the contract don't come to an end for a very long time, but so let's keep that in mind. But to the point that you made, I think the Bears are pretty much, they have already kind of, like, let it be known that they're over <laughs> this current situation with Soldier Field. So I think they're. But I thought it was interesting because to me, I feel like this was just politics. I think when the mayor did that, I think that was just her to be able to say, well, I offered them what they wanted
1: and they still (laughs) left. Or for she could be thinking about, hey, you know, who's going to take, who wants to, um, you know, rent out Soldier Field in the future, right? And when they, when the Bears, you know, decide to move, right? So she's probably trying to plan for the future. Maybe that's the case for her. But at this point, this franchise is like they're over it. <laughs> they ready to move on, man, do something bigger.
0: I don't. I don't see the city putting in installing that dome if the Bears leave. They ain't doing that. Soldier Field will stay the way it is if the Bears leave. They are not gonna do yeah. that. What she's talking about doing, she's <laughs> going. She's talking about for the Bears, giving them a dome, making renovations inside the stadium, which are well long overdue. Giving, improving. She said, improving access, even redesigning right. that entire museum campus. To make game mm-hmm. days more inviting to fans, because that's the thing: when you go to Soldier Field, ain't nothing over there to do. <laughs> and that walk over there to the game, man. Shh, boy, that's like a half-hour walk.
1: I hate that walk, <laughs>
0: man. <not gonna> <laughs> I've been, I've been taking that walk for years. Every damn Sunday, man, I'm taking that walk. And like I said, to the point that, that I was just making a second ago with her talking about wanting to make that area more inviting. That would have been dope if that would have been done with the original design, but they didn't do that. Right, they dropped the ball, and you allowed Arlington to even get into the fray, because now with the Bears vetting out that race course area with Arlington Heights, they gonna have they gonna find everything that they want and in some there because then they'll actually be
1: able to own the damn stadium. So continue to be a renter. (laughs) It's not the plan, Perez. No, and talk about the fact that what. How, what the capacity is sixty one thousand five hundred? It's just not enough. I mean, that's the smallest of any of the domes, right? Any of the stadiums. So that vision is just like, look, I want to get more people in here, and we can do that probably at Soldier Field.
0: Yeah. So, like to the point I was making a little while ago, the Bears lease with Soldier Field expires after twenty thirty three. The team could opt out twenty thirty three. Okay. To break it in twenty twenty six for a penalty, and so that's probably where you're going to see the Bears kind of at that point. Make their plans to all the tides, know. so it's gonna be a couple years before they can even do anything with that land out there. The Bears will leave, they're gonna leave. I I have a really strong opinion that the Bears will leave Chicago, and I think we all just got to get used to that idea. The mayor, you know, I know you claim you're trying to get the Bears what they want, too little, too late.
1: And that's what that should have been discussed early in the early stages, man. But now the commitment is made elsewhere. You know how it is. The Bears are now, man, looking to make a move. And I'm not surprised. I'm not mad at them either because I think change sometimes is very good. So in this case here, for us, this might be good for all the fans.
0: But one thing to keep in mind,
1: while the Bears do seem to
0: be kind of putting their eggs all in one basket with the Arlington Heights situation, just think the deals can't fall through. Things can happen. So, With the mayor ponying up now and saying, hey, she's willing to do this and that, could be a plan B for the team. But I think, honestly, in their heart of hearts, they want that Arlington Heights area. And audience, and then you people that live, anybody that lives in the Chicagoland area, you better be looking at some of that real estate out there close to that Arlington Heights area. Because if anybody lives out there, keep your home. If anybody can get a home in that area, you better fucking (laughs) buy it. Because that property value about to go through the roof. Uh, I know the housing market is pretty crazy all over the country, especially here in Chicago. But hey, if you're in a position to do it, I think that area right there is for the taking. I mean, that area right there, when that stadium come,
1: shit.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's going to be lit out there because you're going to have a team out there. You're going to have a venue that they're going to put together where it's probably going to be concerts,
1: events going on practically the year-round, there's going to be a vibe out there all the times. And I would love to get a taste of that experience anyhow, man. I know we're talking about in the future, press, but, man, it seems like the way it's all being planned out, mapped out, of course the seas being planted, and then, of course, when it happens, woof, man, it should be beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I'm just – like I
0: said, man, I know in the beginning a lot of us, you know, loyal diehard fans that grew up going to Soldier Field and to shake the lake and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I get that, but time changed, unfortunately. And I told people when it first happened, AW, I even said it here on this show, no matter where the Chicago Bears play, I will be there. Unless they do some sh- unless they do some stupid shit and move the team out of this fucking state, then they can kiss my ass. But as long as this team is in the state of <laughs> Illinois
1: in the Chicagoland area,
0: <laughs> I'm there.
1: <laughs> Yeah, they ain't leaving the state, but I don't see that. One thing I will say, sometimes we do get frustrated with the change, but sometimes, as I mentioned before, change can be good. Mostly, it'll be interesting to see how
0: it all unfolds, but to me, I think Mayor Lightfoot, she sees the writing on the wall too, and she's just probably trying to save her face yep. because she knows, all right, she's had a rough tenure as mayor here in the city, and this is like one other thing that potentially going to go against her if this team leaves Chicago. You know they're going to blame it on her. So that's why she's like, uh-uh, I'm going to put it all <laughs> exactly. out there. I'm, I'm going to put it all out there, and I'll give them whatever they want.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, she's like, I'm not going to let this go out without a fight, man. I'm going to show the fans that, hey, I did try. Like I friends, I put all my marbles on the table, and they still said no. That's
0: exactly it. That's exactly it. Well, let's man, let's, let's talk about some of our under-the-radar players heading into training camp. So, audience, if you guys – have been listening to this show throughout the offseason. We've been talking to you guys about the draft class. We've been talking to you guys about players on the team that we expect to step up. But I want to talk about some of the dominant and rough players on this roster that we don't really talk a lot about that I'm really thinking about on how those guys are going to be really key. And I think those guys are going to be really key players for us to watch and hone in on over the course of training camp a So last week, I mentioned Daz Newsome. And I think that Daz Newsome is still to me one of those guys, A-Dub, that I really think is an underrated guy. And that's crazy because this is now his second year in the league. But last year when we drafted him, everybody was hyping up the draft pick. Everybody was really excited about the kid. He had injury-playing season. And now here he is year two. And everybody's now looking like, well, honestly, nobody's really talking about
1: him. And so
0: from my standpoint, A-Dub, my high hopes for this kid haven't just gone away just because he had a tough rookie year. Now, he spent a lot of time on that practice squad last year. But this seems that he's got an opportunity to earn a roster spot. And that's why when I look at a guy like this, I'm like, this is a guy right here that I'm going to be really paying attention to. Because as we've mentioned before, he has that ability to be a return specialist, has that
1: speed. But potentially, maybe he could get into the mix of wide receiver. Nothing nothing set in stone yet, right, with our receiving core. So he can make a name for himself there. But I like the other part you mentioned about him, you know, special teams being a part of him as well, being a return guy. Man, this guy got some talent, press and I would love to see him continue to move up and hopefully make a name for himself on this team. So he's still got a chance, press and I'm hoping that some great things come out of this year. So that's a good one to watch. Well, yeah,
0: because think about it. We've talked about this previous. There's only four true locks at that wide receiver position, into training camp. And so We know who those guys are. Your boy, Money Moon, Byron Pringle, yep. Velas Jones, and Equinim- and St. Brown. Those are the only right. locks. So you got two receiver positions there that are up for grabs. So that means that, listen, dance, if you want this opportunity,
1: there's two veteran guys that are ahead of you. Go get it. You got talent, they got experience. Hey, maybe this could be a case where talent prevails for his. We'll see what happens there, who I got for you, man, is Caleb Johnson. I know you brought him up, Prez, uh, before about a guy on this team that has a shot. And you and I talked about him last season when it came to the preseason, how well he played then. He got us right. some chance, you know, got some rev- saying in the regular season. But it's like now he can probably take it to the next level. I know he's behind Roquan Smith. I know he's behind Nicholas Morrow. We know Matt Adams, right? He's on board as well. But it's like, hey, can Caleb – past Matt Adams, right? And I am pretty high on the guy. I think he has some talent there for his, but I am wondering how it's all going to turn out for him. But that's the guy I have under the radar right now.
0: No, and I think that's a really excellent one because I mean we briefly talked about him last week, but then also just someone that we talked about in general at times on the show. Hey, Caleb, man, the kid, he's, he's a hard worker. Uh, he was a, a core special teamer, a specialties performer last year on the team. But I think there's an opportunity for him potentially to get to that starting lineup because as I mentioned, Matt Adams' job is a job out there where it's his job to lose. But listen, Matt Adams yep. got involved in a little bullshit this offseason. <laughs> might open up an right. opportunity for Caleb if he comes in there in the process.
1: Mm-hmm. And if Matt Adams slipped, you got Caleb Johnson's on his way. So here you go. the guy come through the back door and take that role. It is what it is. But Caleb is somebody that's on the hunt, Perez. He's coming. No,
0: I, listen, I, I do like that one a lot. I think Mike Pendle is another guy that I think would be a nice little under-radar player for us to discuss. Now, he was obviously Mm -hmm. on the team last training camp, and he was cut. But right now, when I look at the defensive line, it's it's undergone a lot of changes. We've talked about that, so I'm not going to retrace anything that we've already said. But with this defense converted to a 4-3, you got Justin Jones and Kyrus looking like the starting three technique and nose tackle at this time. But when I look at a guy like Mike Pendle, I'm like, he can push Kyrus at that no-cycle spot. And uh, I think, honestly, Ada, when I look at Piddle, he's got an opportunity to stick with this team this year and earn a roster spot just because of how much we lost. He's a veteran. And I think that that's yep. somebody you that you can definitely take advantage of having him on your roster, especially with a team that's going through transition like we're going to this upcoming
1: season. And there's no doubt that we are, that we are going through transition, Perez. That is a fair statement there. And Mike has a chance. So he could be that guy, man. Uh, we're not that deep in the area. So no one's really that far above. You know, Tom, like you said, got still got some things to prove. It's like, look, we got players who still got something to show, some signs to show. And Mike can just slip through the back door, man, and take on a position to where, hey, Perez, he can be that guy, man, or starter or so. So you just never know what might happen. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do. For me, Another guy I'm looking at, man, is Dominique Robinson, Perez. I know okay. you were not talking about him, you know, but here's the deal, though. We really don't know yet what's going to happen with Robert Quinn, right? So if you talk about Robert Quinn, what's going to happen? Is he going to be with us? Is he not going to be with us? We don't know exactly Prez, what's going to happen, right? right. But then you think about Travis Gibson, you got Muhammad, and then you're like, hold on, Dominique Robinson. That's right. He could probably step into the rotation, too. So it's like, he won't just be a guy, you know, for special teams or whatever. It may be a guy not just as a reserve, but a guy who's actually getting reps and snaps in. So he can be one of those guys, those studs, man, on the low, who's still getting better, who's all roll talent at this point. But again, showing a lot of signs of, hey, of competition and being competitive.
0: You know what? That, that's an intriguing one. I,
1: and I kind of
0: went defensive end with my next one, and it kind of piggybacks off of the point. It, it piggybacks off the point that you just made. We don't know what's going to happen with Robert. Travis, Why? Well, I think he's an emerging player, it's still unknown how the season is going to go for him. And then you have Mohammed, But those are the top edge rushers that you have on the team right now. And we don't know what's going to happen right. with Quinn. So when you look at some of these guys behind them, so obviously you mentioned Dominique Robinson. I like that kid. Sam Kamara is another one. I think mm-hmm. that's an intriguing name to think about. And don't forget about him all day since he had a really good preseason last year. But I got it. I want to put on everybody's radar is Carson Taylor. Now, this is a kid all offseason that's been standing out, undrafted rookie free agent. He made plays throughout the entire offseason program. So to Adele's point, I think a guy like him and even maybe a Dominique Robinson, these are guys that are kind of behind these starting guys that have a potential to fight for some playing time this season if they continue to emerge. So a guy like Carson Taylor, audience. Keep that name on your radar with training camp coming up because he was outstanding in the offseason season program, and I'm going to be definitely keeping my eye on him um, out at Hallis Hall this summer. Yes, sir, Chris. Okay, And I guess, um, audience, if there's one more person that I can kind of put on you guys' radar going into training camp, and it's a guy that I talked about on the last episode, Jack Sanborn, linebacker from University of Wisconsin. Now, I talked to you guys about the fact that I watched a lot of Big Ten football last year. This guy was a game changer for the Badgers. I was surprised that he didn't get drafted. I mentioned that, I mentioned that already, on audience, so nothing to retrace there. But the reason why I was shocked mainly that he wasn't drafted was just because of his tape. He put a lot of good stuff on tape. He damn near lived in the backfield. And so when the Bears were able to sign him as an undrafted free agent, I was immediately surprised and also happy at the same time because – Adub just talked to you guys about that a second ago with the fact that Caleb, Johnson's, Caleb Johnson has a shot because of the lack of depth behind Roquan, Nicholas yep. Morrow. But when you got a kid like Jack Sanborn, he landed in a really good opportunity here in Chicago because our linebacking core isn't as strong as it has been in recent years. So not only did this kid have an opportunity to make the team, but I think he's going to have the opportunity to really show you some things this season, whether it's on special teams. We we kind of talked about his role last um, last week. We talked about his role and saying, that hey, he, not only can he be a special teamer, but, hey, he may even get some snaps here and there out there on the field. And so I look at this kid, Jack Sandborn as a guy that might be able mm-hmm. to really develop into a really strong linebacker here in
1: Chicago. And he definitely has a shot. So I'm looking forward, man, to seeing that guy play. I mean, and the, the big thing, too, audience, to think about any
0: of these guys we're talking about is once the pads go on, that's when it's game time. And so that's yes. why I'm really encouraged with the fact of what I heard from some of the offseason guys. I mean, what I heard from the offseason program was some of the guys that, that stepped up because I'm like, OK, now we're going to put an asterisk on you because now you kind of made a little bit of a name for yourself. Now I want to see what happens <laughs> when things get for real out there, when they get fucking real, real.
1: <laughs> that's what I want to say. Hey, that's what all the magic happened right there, friends. Take that first hit. Can you, can you all short from that, man? Can you recover from that, man? If no pass come on and guys get to run each other over, man. What because you know, man, you want to get make it all physical, man. Make it rough, make it tough, man. But now I want to kind of
0: turn the page over to some players' audience that I think got a lot of shit to prove in training camp. So we're gonna flip, we're gonna flip the page a little bit. And the first guy for me is Tevin Jenkins. Now, we've talked about him all offseason, but I'm very concerned with the fact that Tevin Jenkins, who was drafted to be a starter, had a bit of an injury-plagued season last year, struggled at times when he was out there on the field, and then we're hearing that maybe there were some struggles with him in the offseason. Right now, heading into training camp, he's running with the twos. Mm. And that's concerning to me because – he was once regarded as a franchise left tackle on this team. Now, we don't even know if, if he's going to stay a tackle. We don't know if we're going to kick him inside to guard. But I tell you, whatever happens with this kid, they better go ahead and make that decision now, sooner rather than later. If you're going to move this kid to guard, do it now. Stop fucking playing the musical chairs with the kid. If Braxton Jones is the guy that you guys want to try out there left tackle, then let's do it. But we need to have some stability on that offensive line. So, Tevin Jenkins, Perez is looking at you, man. This is a very important training camp for you, my guy.
1: Yeah, it is, man. Uh, last season was kind of tough with Perez's point. This is the year to show something, right? Are you worth that draft pick? <laughs> you know, so uh, it's your time to shine, man. And um, he's going to have to, he has a lot to prove. So, we'll see what happens right there, Perez. But he, there is a lot of eyes, a lot of attention on him. The guy for me, Perez. It's Kendall Vildor. He's the guy who's supposed to be and step into the slot or be the other outside corner. He has not shown us anything last season. So at this point, this is it. <laughs> you can't do anything this time around, Prince. You're done. So he's the guy that really, man, to me, it's got the spotlight on him, man, of make a break for him. So if he can't get it together, that's it, man. We're moving on. And see, that's
0: interesting that you said that because I went on the opposite of that. I said Duke Shelley. Now, honest. His- <laughs> Any of our OG, the Bear Essentials listeners, you guys remember when I went after him and called him toast because he was getting beat so many times out there in coverage. <laughs> but I would say to Zayda, to the same point that you made about Vildor, it's put up a shut up time for Duke Shelly. Now, think about this. He's probably one of the more experienced cornerbacks on the roster when you think about all the guys that are there with Kyler Gordon, with, uh, with Vildor that you just talked about, right? With Jalen, there's so many guys that are newer to the team, Thomas Graham Jr. So Duke Shelley's been around for a long time, and he's still competing for a role. So that means he still has to carve that role. Are they going to move him behind Kyler Gordon? I I mean, we can call it a competition, but we know more than likely that Kyler Gordon get in that spot. Right. So with Duke Shelley, it's like, hey, you got an opportunity here to maybe carve out a backup role in the corner,
1: but, hey, don't fuck around the left field doors pass you up. <laughs> and you remember last season, press around spring training, we heard a lot of things about how great Duke Shelley was looking, right? Getting interceptions and all that stuff. And then for him, right, when the season started, it didn't go well for him either, right? So it's like, well, even if he has a decent training, is that still going to help you think better of him? I don't know, man, because last year was the same thing we heard. Yeah, I mean, like I can say, when it comes to Duke Shelley,
0: it's just, it's just plain and simple: put up a shut up time. The, the Ryan Poles has done a really good job with upgrading the talent within that secondary. So, hey, if he's not ready, then it's bye-bye to Duke Shelley. And for me personally, I want the best fifty-three players on this fucking roster. I don't give a fuck when you were drafted. I don't care if you were a former draft pick. If you can play, <laughs> then you can be here. If you can't, get the yep. fuck out of here. You know what I'm saying? Fuck that shit. I, I, I got through talking about underrated guys, and two of my guys were guys that didn't even get drafted. But they're hungry. Mm-hmm. They're looking for an opportunity. They want to be great. Give me guys like that on this team all day
1: long if they can play ball. That's all you want right there, Perez. When i think about one of the guy on this team who I think is decent, a decent player, but to me, in, the, in this system, and for me, it's Angelo Blackson. I'm like, look, Justin Jones came in. I know people are still high on Chris Tonga. You still got Mario Edwards. But you look at Angelo Blackson, you're like, you could be the odd, you could be the odd guy. So for me, it's like, look, Angelo, of course, you what this is probably his last season with us anyhow. I all because you signed on a short-term deal, right? When we signed him, can you even thrive in this system? That I don't know, Chris. I think this is his first time what going through the four or three. He's pretty much inexperienced with it. So it's like, what do you how do you how, how do you think this guy is gonna be? So for me, Angelo Blackson is that guy I look at and say, Oh man. Could be you, bro. So I don't know about that one, A-Dub, because I was just talking
0: last week about the fact that I thought Angelo Blackston's versatility is appealing to this defensive line. So my whole thing, when I look at a guy like him, while he doesn't have as much experience playing in that style of defense, I think his versatility with being able to play multiple positions I think does bode well for him. So it'll be interesting. Now, we're going to get into that in a little bit later. We're going to get into that a little bit later on, audience, talking through some of our concerns for the defense, but when it comes to Angelo Blackson, I can agree with the fact that I think it's going to be important for him to have a really good, strong camp. I don't necessarily know if I think that he's going to be the odd man out. I just think that a guy like him, though, is going to be very imperative for him to bring it because, as I mentioned, with Mike Pendle being an under-the-radar, under-the-radar guy, he can push us. I don't know if I think that Angelo Blackson's on any sort of a list of odd people out, I think it's going to just be really imperative that he has a strong training camp, And that's kind of where I see it as far as maybe mm-hmm. the other thing you were saying, not really sure if I, if I see it that way, just because I think that his versatility is going to be something that's going to land him on that 53 man roster.
1: You know what that, that training camp really going to be used for him. That definitely is going to be a, a key to
0: watch. So I'm looking at Eddie Jackson as another guy that I think is going to really have to have a really big time training camp. It's oh, not retracing anything that we've already talked about in the show before. You guys know how we feel about Eddie Jackson, whether the good <laughs> or the bad. You guys already know those things. But the facts of the matter remain here, A-Dub, that this guy's the sixth highest-paid safety in the entire NFL, and is not playing like that. And I know that the coaching staff has been saying all the right things about Eddie. They said his attitude's been great. He's been being a leader there in the secondary room. Eddie gets it. He's not making excuses. He's holding himself accountable. Great, sounds good. I want to see how he looks out there during training camp. I want to see Eddie Jackson getting back to making fucking plays again. Now, if Eddie Jackson don't return to form, the true form, the one in 2018, where we all was like, there, go, there's go my, there goes BoJack, you know, he was giving him the cute nickname. <laughs> if he don't get back to that, he going to be a very, very, very rich ex-bear because they're going to get him up out of here. So Eddie Jackson – it's going to be very important for you to make sure that you are coming in hot during training camp, and we see that shit during the preseason and all of this
1: 2022 season, brother. Don't let Jaquan Brisker embarrass you <laughs> 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 out on that field, man. Like, I'm with you, Chris. I mean, Eddie Jackson have gotten a lot of opportunity with this Bears team, of course, under the last regime. But, man, dude, you want to show fuse with this new regime, and you either put up or shut up, man. You got to show us something. So, right now it's the time, prayers.
0: Well, I'll tell you one thing. We got a lot of young players on this roster, and competition and competition competition is one of the big things that you can tell Matt Lieberfluss is all about. And I love that. And you're going to have a lot of these veteran guys that are going to be pushed by some of these younger guys. Now, I think Eddie Jackson's going to start, but I think that was a great comparison you made. Well, I thought that was a great comment you made a second ago about Jaquan Brisker, because I have a feeling that Jaquan Brisker, as I've said many times on the show, I think he may be the best player in the Bears draft class. I guarantee mm-hmm. you that Jakar Briscoe is gonna make Eddie Jackson step his game up.
1: The question is Eddie Jackson ready for that, Perez? From a player standpoint, this probably be his biggest challenge, right? But someone really pushing him to be better than what he is. So now you got a real competition now because last year you didn't have it. So now what are you gonna do? Now can you do something? Can you show us something? Like Perez said, can you get back to being that ball hawk? That's something we haven't quite seen in quite a while. Next is Sam Mustafer. Had his chance, somebody you worried about at this point. And I'm like, I'm not sure where he's gonna go, where he's gonna be at with this team. But for him, he may be one of those guys that may not last. So
0: for me personally, when I think of a Sam Mustafer, and I've mentioned this before, I, I did applaud his intelligence. I mean, he's a guy that I've been watching for some time. I'm a Notre Dame football fan, everybody knows that. However, Sam Mustafer in the NFL has shown that, that while he was given an opportunity, he didn't really take that opportunity and run with it. Now, while the guy's a hard worker and all that stuff, when it came to on the field performance, he was getting blown off the line of scrimmage. Just, you know, not doing a good job at the point of attack. So then this offseason, when we missed out on the targets that we wanted to have at the guard position, then they had to fall back to Sam Mustafer and move him over to guard. And so to the point that you're making, a he definitely has to have a strong camp because they're giving him his last opportunity for a starting role, I think, well, whether it's the Chicago or the league. I, I feel like this may be the last shot this kid gets. I think anything after that, he's going to be a glorified backup. But yeah, if they, kick Kevin, if they kick Tevin Jenkins in to the inside and Tevin Jenkins shows, hey, I could be an NFL guard. And where does that lead Sam Mustafer? So that's why I'm saying Sam Mustafer, ooh, this is going to be very important to you because <laughs> you
1: never know what they're thinking behind closed doors when it comes to Tevin Jenkins. This team talks a lot about these um, offensive linemen versatility, and you talk a lot about it as well, and now showing to can be a guard. Man, that changed the whole scope, Chris, and you you already know he's doing a lot of movement around with the line now to see where they can get the consistency at. So Sam Mustafer could be the odd guy saying, you know what, hey, maybe you're going to be now a backup. You guys a lot of work to do. Yeah,
0: I mean, we'll see. And that's why training camp is going to be very excited for not only just the coaching staff, but the fan base. Because there's a lot of things that we don't know. We don't really know what's going to happen with this team. A lot of people are predicting that this team is going to be trash. I don't see it that way. And I think that a lot of the evaluation, the true evaluation, is going to be when the pads come on, which is why I'm so excited. The last guy that I wanted to talk to on who I think needs to have a really strong training camp. Is Charles Snowden. Now, this is another undrafted guy. And he was somebody that every time that I saw him at Hallis Hall, he was always getting extra reps in on the side. He was always working on pass rush moves. Intriguing. Six foot seven. This dude, the guy is like built like a damn basketball player. But I will tell you one thing. A lot of people were surprised that he didn't get drafted in the last year's draft.
1: hmm
0: Now, with the fact that we have so much opportunity for some of those reserve spots there with the edge rushers, we just talked about a couple of our guys that we were, were really high on, right? You like Dominic Robinson, who was drafted in this current yep. draft. Well, I look at a guy like Charles Stoder and I say, hey, this kid's got some tools too. And he can push those guys. He can push Taylor. He can push Dominic Robinson. But it's going to be very he important could. for him. It's going to be very important for him to finally put these together. Because I'll tell you, he's got the athletic ability. He's got a really good frame. He's got a good height on him. But the problem with Charles Snowden in this system is I think his skill set more so favors the old defense, the 3-4, as opposed to this new 4-3 skate. Just because I mentioned he's so tall and athletic, coming off the edge as a a 3-4 outside running backer, he could have really wreaked some havoc. So it's going to be really important to see what type of transition he's able to make to this four-three defense. But he's really going to have to step it up this summer. We oui, man, some competition there, Fred. Yeah, we'll see. Like I said, it's 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 a big difference between a guy that can basically come in hot off the edge, or a guy that's put his hand, or a guy that's got to put his hand down in the dirt and come off the corner. It's a big difference, and for me personally, yeah. he's got to prove that he can do that. And I hope that he can, but I'm really intrigued by him and I really hope that it works out. I hope that he proves me wrong, but I think that him, I think he, I think he might be better fit in a 3-4 scheme as opposed to a 4-3, as I mentioned a second ago. But we'll see, audience. I mean, it's one of those things that sometimes some players can transcend a scheme. Maybe Charles could be one of those examples. But (laughs) he got some work to do, baby. A lot of work. Hey a- Doug, before we get out of here, I-, I want to talk to the audience a little bit about some of our biggest concerns on defense ahead of the 2022 season. Audience, if you guys remember, we broke this down earlier in the offseason about the offense. Now I think that it's appropriate it's appropriate for us to now take our time and break down this defense. Hey so dub what are one of the things that concerns you about this defense heading into 2022?
1: When Hicks gone, Perez, we already know how he, what he has done for that middle, right? We already know what he has done in the past. And the fact that last season we gave Chris Tonga an opportunity, and it didn't go as planned, right? So for me, looking at this group there, what can you all do in the interior? Can you all really stop the run? Because right now, it's unproven right now what you all can do. So it's going to be really key, Perez, what this what that core can do. Uh, when they when they come down to it, so the run game stopping the run is going to be a big issue, a big concern for the Bears moving forward. So can they contain it? And that's what I have not seen yet or know yet. It's not the work. I mean, the jury's still out. But can this group, this core group, do it?
0: I mean, that's a really good point because I mean, last season that went from being the strength of this defense to now it's a bit of a question mark, right? Right. So I think for me, I think that's a really good point because I think that interior, that D-line, we we took some steps back. I mean, we already talked about in addition to Hicks, losing to Bilal, losing to Eddie Goldman. Those are some some good players. You know what I mean? I know Eddie Goldman took some steps back. But I still thought that position, we took a lot of losses this offseason. A lot. (laughs)
1: Seriously.
0: But I think it's also fair to say that. But not only just that interior, the line but then you also lose a Khalil Mack. Yes. So now, in addition to the the interior line, also the edge rushing position. When you lose a Khalil Mack on your defense, you ain't replacing him.
1: Not at all. And You go in the bubble, possibly (laughs) losing Robert Quinn. So what does that lead you then, right? You lost two of your best at that point.
0: I don't even want to think about that, man. I hope that Robert Quinn just says, you know what? I'm taking the summer off. I'll see y'all in September. I hope that's just what happens.
1: (laughs) Hey, buddy, man, I don't know what this dude want to do, man. Um, It is concerning. It's kind of scary, too, because I look at the depth chart. I'm like, man, we kind of go a little light on that. We leaving, you know, Gibson out there on the the island by itself for the most part. I'm kind of worried there, you know?
0: Yeah, it's not looking too good, man. That's why um, I think they were just banking on the fact that Robert Quinn would be here this season. And Robert Quinn looked around at their roster as a whole and was like, (laughs) no, I'm I'm good on that shit, y'all.
1: Hey, look, Robert Quinn, like, y'all in the reveal mode. I'm not looking to reveal at this point in my career. I just want to play and move forward. I'm not sure if I'm just kind of, like, sort of starting over. No, oh, he want to win, man. He he wants to play on a contended team.
0: That's that's it, point blank. And uh, this that's team it. in 2022 is not set up for that. And, and that's the thing that a lot of fans have to realize. Ryan Poles has a, a three-year plan here with this team. And year one, they're not looking to contend. And I think that a lot of Bears fans have to just understand what he's doing. here. He's clearing the deck. You see what he's doing yep. with the salary cap. And so he's trying to set it up. He's got a plan. Some of us are kind of sitting back, and we don't really understand the plan. Well, listen, I'm going to let this man work. And hopefully, the patience that I'm giving him, hopefully, is for a good reason in the future.
1: <laughs> Let's see how the team made progress You know, as a unit but especially the young players, players throughout the season. They can show some good signs. It shows that we're probably on the right track.
0: No, and that's a fair point. Now, I will say this, though. While the interior the defensive line does concern me, Justin Jones, who's coming in here to be our three technique, he had a career year yeah. with the Chargers. Yep. And so he was one of their most dominant run stoppers. So to the point that you were talking about how Hicks not being here and how that's a loss for us, well, I don't – I'm not going to ever sit here and try to say that Justin Jones is going to ever be a compliment or he's going to be a replacement to a Hakeem Hicks. But I do think from the standpoint of seeing that Justin Jones came off a really great year last year for the Chargers, I think it, I think at that position, we should be okay. I think where I'm a little bit concerned is that nose tackle. And that's why I was talking earlier about, you know, yeah. Blackston, Pennell, and Tonga. That's going to be mm-hmm. really interesting because that's a three-way battle right there at nose tackle.
1: Right. With those three there. Uh, with, with this, for sure, with, with Tom and, and Angelo Blackson. But you had a good point to tell about Justin Jones, friends. I like that guy. I really do. Uh, if he can follow what he did last season, friends, that'll be a plus for the Bears. It really will be. If he can come and show us something, man, that's a lot that we can, be, we can be thankful for. But Justin Jones, man, the show is yours, baby.
0: And one other thing to think about, and I want our audience to make sure that they keep this at the top of mind when we talk about this defense When you think about the way that Matt Eberfuss utilized his defense when he was with the Colts, he was always able to maximize the talent that he had at his disposal. And his system is really good at making sure that they rotate their players, keeping guys fresh so that guys are able to go full speed. And so that's why for me, even when I look at the starters, yeah, those are important. But the depth of this roster is what's more important to me. And as long as you got guys behind those starters – that are ready when their name is called, then that's all that matters because he's gonna to try to keep guys fresh, but it's also a system that's predicated upon maximizing everyone that's there on the roster
1: Yeah, and that's a very good point right there, Perez. Keeping this team fresh, and the only way to keep the team fresh really is to have that depth piece, right? And if everyone that's in this rotation can come in, give good reps, um, and definitely do a good job in that department. I think that'll keep this team in, in, in a good spot. So That's really what it is. It's it's pretty much on the 53-man roster here, friends, for everyone to play a part, play their role, and to utilize what they can do best.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, most people are going to look at this Bears defense and they're going to say, well, the secondary looks like it's improved because it's a better unit than it was, at least on paper. It's a better unit than what we had last season. But people are going to look at this team right now with that D-line and they're going to even look at that pass rush without Khalil Mack and even potentially without a, uh, Robert Quinn, to say the Bears ain't going to have no type of pass rush. That secondary is going to get fucked up because there's going to be no fucking pressure on the quarterback. And I will say this. It could be a really But I will say I'm also excited about this defense because you got young guys, like you were talking about with Dominique Robinson, like I was talking about with Taylor. You got some guys out here that are looking for their opportunity right now. Guys that are out here working their asses off and looking to improve. And you know that they're going to improve. And so that gives me some things to be positive about for the future, especially for this 2022 season. Now, people will to talk about pass rush. But see, Ibra scheme... Is it
1: reliant on quarterback pressure? It's, it's not, Perez. But you've got to be a good team that's willing to work and get those takeaways, right, together. I think it's more about collectively than about individually that you were kind of alluding to. So they can do this collectively, Perez, and be solid and create turnovers as a group, that's the biggest thing right there, Perez, to focus on, which I believe they are. To that point, A-Dub, those coach defenses were at the top of the
0: league in forcing turnovers without the benefit right. of having elite pass rushers. And so yep. my thing is, he's shown that he can do it. So for that part, when it comes to the pass rush, I think we'll be okay there. I think, mm-hmm. like you said, though, it's going to come down to guys making plays. And the scheme is set up for guys to make plays. So we just got to get those guys to do what, they're, to do what the system is set up for those guys to be able to do. He's going to put these guys in place to be able to make plays.
1: And I think Speed... <laughs> Of the defense is going to be a key factor in that, too, because you, you know how even things, friends, he wants that. He want to maximize that. So, and you hit a good point earlier, you said about keeping them all fresh. So, I think all this is going to come to play, man, and they can all continue to uh, grow as one as a unit and show chemistry together, friends, and execute. This team won't be that bad, you know, that you always talk about. Like, hey, people are writing the Bears team off. They won't be as bad if they can do it all collectively.
0: Yeah, I I just think what it is is that our fan base, we're just so used to being the monsters of the midway on defense. I mean, you got to think about it. I mean, we've had some incredible defenses, incredible pass rushers. I mean, we've been so fortunate and spoiled here in Chicago. But hey, look, Khalil Mack, he's gone. (laughs) And so what we have to do now is just realize that it's a new chapter here in Chicago, and we have to just let it play out. But I will tell you, that I'm impressed with what I've seen from Matthew Rufus, the culture that he's trying to create here, the energy that he's bringing in, the juice, the fact that everybody's engaged. I know some fans want to see here and they want to talk about the fact that players on the team are getting arrested and they're getting in trouble. I'm not going to spend too much time talking about that. If these guys, you know, aren't willing to take their opportunity and and make the most of it, they get their asses out of here. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about that. But I'm excited about the fact that I feel like we have a rejuvenated culture. I feel like this locker room is going to be better than what it was last year. You had a lot of guys last year in this locker room that was politicking for one reason or another. You guys know where I'm getting <laughs> at with that. Yep. And I think this season, you're just going to have guys out there that just wants to play. Guys out here that just want to get to the next level. You got Justin Fields, who really is going to take that next step. We talk about it all the time. And I'm really excited and really happy to, to know that we got a coach that's going to bring, that has brought in an offensive coordinator, A dub, that is going to be tasked with getting the best out of Justin fields. Right. Which is going to bode well for the other side of the football. We talk about keeping the defense fresh. Well, you can't keep the defense fresh if you have a three and outs every goddamn drive on offense. <laughs> and so I really hope that we see this quarterback-friendly system that they keep telling us about because that's going to help all aspects of the team. Hey, if this offense is moving the football, the defense is fresh, right? Right. And vice versa. If the defense is doing their damn jobs, then Justin Fields and the offense has time to cook out there and put points on the fucking board, which is what it's
1: all about. And both sides, offense, defense, working together, man putting each other in good positions, man, to be successful. And I think it's going to be a good balance to act there. And I know is really is working pretty hard to get that going. But especially that that defense, Perez, he is preaching discipline. And that's something that I haven't seen <laughs> the last regime for sure. But definitely, this is something we see as a change. And I'm all for Iberflux to continue to manifest that within the team. We definitely
0: didn't see that with the last regime and, and, and whatever. you know, It's a new day. We turn the page. Audience. In two short weeks, the Chicago Bears will be reporting to training camp. Very excited about that. I saw the tickets did go on sale for training camp and I heard that they're all sold out. So, you know, it is what it is on this. AW and I will be there at training camp. So we'll be giving you guys updates. We'll keep you we'll keep you guys in the loop on future shows on what we see out there. But J- July July 26th, dub is when players report and practices will soon kick off. And we will be out there at House Hall to give you guys our thoughts on some of these guys that we're talking through. But this episode, audience, we want to take some time to focus on some of these under-the-radar guys. A lot of these guys don't get a lot of attention out there. But also, we want to also put the spotlight on some guys that's going to really have to step up
1: here in this training camp period So the pressure's on, hey the <laughs> That pressure's really on, man. That's what it's about right there. This is what Iberflus really wanting right here. Create some competition, baby. And it's there. Audience, as always,
0: we appreciate your continued support of this platform. We're the Bear Centrals, and we are out.